Hello, everybody. Pastors Jack and Michelle Pigeon. It's Bible study. It's midweek service. And we are going to continue on our study of prayer, uh, prayer through the book of Acts, prayer period. Uh, We have come off of a whole year of really preaching and teaching about the Holy Spirit, about praying in tongues, about um, all the gifts of the Spirit. And as we're kind of coming back and putting a bow on it, as we're moving into new territory and new material, There's just a couple of things that really spoke to Pastor Michelle and I. One, and most importantly, just being prayer. And we know that here at West Houston Christian Center, we don't want to do anything without having the proper prayer covering that's needed in order for us to get the best results of what God wants to do to us and through us. Yes. And praying in the Holy Spirit is really important because we're praying the perfect will of God. I love what it says in Jude 20. Uh, Actually, it's Jude 1. There's only one chapter in Jude, verses 20 and 21. And um, it talks about beloved. It's speaking to you, the one who is loved of God. It says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And in verse 21, it says, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. You know, God is able, it says a few verses later, God is able to keep us from stumbling, especially when we pray in the Holy Ghost and when we pray, period. Amen. That's so good. You know, if you look back and and we talked last week a little bit about, you know, Jesus was going into the Garden of Gethsemane and he had had the Last Supper with his disciples and uh, Jesus was really being, you know, tormented in his spirit because he really knew what was about to take place. And he took Peter, James, and John, and they go to the garden, and uh, he tells them to stay in one place, and he goes a little bit farther, and he throws himself down, and he just begins to pray. And uh, as he's praying, he comes back to the disciples, and they are fast asleep. Been there, done that. (laughs) I think we all have. And uh, he looks at Peter, and he's like, Peter, couldn't you just pray for one hour? You know, the, the flesh is willing, but, but, you know, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yes. And uh, as we know, everything that took place after that, we really don't know if the disciples were really prepared for what happened to Jesus. He tried to explain it to him many times, but they had seen Jesus do so many wonderful, mighty things. They'd seen the transfiguration. He'd, they'd seen him turn water into wine. They'd seen him on more than one occasion when there was actually a physical attempt against his body. He would just walk through the crowd untouched. And so I don't think they really understood what was about to really happen to Jesus in the natural. And so they did not pray. And therefore, when Judas arrived with the soldiers and they took Jesus and and all that happened, you know, it really knocked the disciples backwards. Yeah, I mean, they'd seen Jesus even raise the dead. Yeah. And all of a sudden they see him not resisting, not standing up. But Peter just whips out his sword and he's like, well, then I'm going to help you. And then cuts off somebody's ear and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, and there's so many interesting things that happened right there when the soldiers came to get Jesus. You know, first when they asked who, if, who, where Jesus was, Jesus said, I am. And when Jesus said that, it says they were all slain in the spirit. So Jesus kind of had to wake them up, you know, hey, guys, everybody okay, so that we could continue. I mean, even the power of God was still flowing. And even when Peter cut off the the helper's ear, Jesus put the ear back on. So a miracle takes place. So the disciples are watching this and they're just thinking, how in the world 
could Jesus go through all he's about to go through when the power of God is so present in his life, but there was a path that God had chosen for Jesus, and it was a path to take him all the way through the cross, all the way through redemption, all the way so that this wonderful baptism of the Holy Spirit could come. The point we were trying to make is, though, is that Peter, in the midst of this, goes and denies Jesus three times. Yes. And this is a picture of what happens when we're not strong enough in prayer, where we haven't spent enough time in prayer, building ourselves up, edifying ourselves, and being ready when these temptations come. Because unfortunately for Peter, I think one of his greatest regrets was that he did deny Jesus. Yeah, I mean, this is a total side note, but I always have taught my children to boss their bodies, to walk in the spirit by bossing their bodies, telling their bodies, no, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna do what the spirit of God has taught me to do or what the spirit of God says to do or what the word says to do. But I'm even recognizing as I've been studying this, the importance of teaching them to pray in the Holy Ghost because that's what's going to help us boss our bodies. We need to be able to boss our bodies. They didn't necessarily pray, they fell asleep and they weren't able to boss their bodies. They were cutting off ears, they were denying Jesus Christ. I was convicted reading that thinking, Oh my goodness, me and as a parent teaching my children, we have to boss our bodies by prayer so that we will not walk by the flesh, but we'll walk in the spirit and be able to have victory over the enemy. God was saying, I want you to be a part of this. He wasn't saying, I'm gonna do this all by myself, although he could have. He was saying, I want you to be a part of keeping the enemy under your feet. I want you to be a part of walking in victory. Amen, so good. Now you notice that what happens after the cross, you know, there's the, the, the crucifixion, and then the resurrection, and then you have this period of time where Jesus appeared to the disciples. And Peter, God is, God is so good. You know, Jesus and Peter have a time of restoration. And um, uh, it's wonderful and it's beautiful. And Jesus then instructs his disciples uh, at the end of these 40 days, go to Jerusalem, I want you to tarry and wait for the promise of the Father, it talks about in the first chapter of Acts. And so I just wonder um, how much more seriously the disciples took this instruction to go and pray compared to how they took the instruction in the garden. I think they really understood now how important it was for them to listen. You know, had the disciples listened and done what Jesus told them to do in the garden, they might not have had to have dealt with so much of the persecution and so much of the confusion uh, as they did. Wow, Um, I'm gonna step a little forward to explain something that is really powerful, but with the disciples, they got baptized in the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost after going and being obedient this time to be in one accord and pray. They were fervent to pray in their own native tongue, in their own language, waiting on the Lord, obeying what he'd asked them to do. And it did drop, we talked about this last week, from 500 people that were praying to about 120, but they were in one accord at this point. They were in agreement and they were not budging because they had seen what had happened when they didn't pray. So they are praying and they're interceding and they get victory the day of Pentecost cost comes and oh my goodness a mighty rushing wind comes it's a day like the day of being on the mountain with Moses they hear God basically indirectly the tongues of fire set upon their head and they all begin to speak in an unknown tongue and it was evidence to all the people around them and thousands of people eventually got saved but it's really important to review sometimes things to go over and over because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word and you can't hear it unless someone preaches it to you but the point in the beginning when i said i'm going to go a little bit ahead is 
Later, Paul had to do the same thing kind of with all of us. Because if we don't boss our bodies, if we don't spend time in prayer building up our spirit really so good. that our spirit can boss our body and tell our body, nope, we're not doing that. Amen. We will be a mess. So if we go back to 1 Corinthians 12, it's just worth reading. Is it okay if I just read this passage sure. quickly? In 1 Corinthians 12, 1, um, basically all the way through maybe verse 11, it says this. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols. However, you were led. Now, before I go on, I just want to say, at this time, they're walking in the flesh and they're Amen. walking in the flesh with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, with all the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. And he's saying to them, you've asked me some questions. You're telling me about all this nonsense in your church and all this disorder. And I want to bring some proper order because God is not the God of confusion. He is a God of order. And so he says, therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking in the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except Amen. by the Holy Spirit. So he's deciphering, he's saying, listen, anything that comes out of your mouth that isn't about the Holy Spirit and Jesus, I mean, confessing Jesus as Lord is not even from God. When you start saying some bad thing's gonna happen to you, whoa. And then he goes on to say, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Yeah. We are all part of one body. Amen. And we all have different gifts and talents but we've got to be walking in the spirit to operate in them because we must not just fragrantly. I'm fr um, Flagrantly. That's a, I'm not even going to try to re say that word. We can't just randomly do whatever we want whenever we want right. because we're not led by the spirit when we do that. We Amen. must listen to the Holy Spirit and we must recognize it's one spirit that we're all under and we're not the only important person in the world. Amen. So he then says, there are, there are diversities of gift, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. I'm in verse six now of chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Wow. So anything we do, we must do in order to, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, listening to the one spirit right. that we're all under, that we're all baptized in, to do what blesses everyone. Right. And it says, but the manifest is, oh, excuse me, verse eight, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to Amen. another the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same spirit, verse 11, works all these things, distributing to each one individually yeah. as he wills. We That's must good. be praying yeah. in English and in the spirit so that we can know the will of one God Amen. and we can profit all by only doing what he says, when he says to do it, the way he says to do it, yeah. operating in these gifts as God gives an unction to each one, uh, respecting each other and honoring that I might operate in one gift, but you operate in another. I'm going to listen and receive from your gift. Amen. And may you listen and receive from my gift so we can all be profited. Yeah. I think when you go back to the to that, what happened in the upper room, you know, I don't think you could have pried those disciples out of that upper room if there was a fire inside of it because they were so resolute not to miss Jesus That's good. again. That's good. That they were not going to leave that room until they experienced oh, the baptism so of the Holy Spirit. Um, they had become, you know, they, they had bossed their body and they had not, were not going to let their flesh, you know, 380 people let their flesh lead them out of that room and they missed that manifestation. Doesn't mean they didn't get it. 
uh, at another time Eventually, because the right? Holy Spirit Love started that day and he's never gone away. But what happened was, is that when Peter came out of that room, as Michelle was just alluding to, he had the spirit. And this same Peter who um, had dealt with fear and timidity, had denied Jesus three times, had witnessed everything Jesus had ever done in his three-year ministry, but yet at the end denied him three times. Now he's the first one that stands up mm. on that day and he begins under the spirit after praying in tongues he now delivers a message and 3,000 people get saved. Yes, he is suddenly is operating in a boldness and an ability to witness and right. a memory recall. He He's not even a learned man. He's right. not well studied in the scriptures like Paul who is speaking to, to the Corinthians later saying, right. hey, let's bring some order. But here, Peter in Acts, it starts speaking everything you could ever think of from the beginning of time and Moses and everything yeah. that's happened. And he's telling them what this is and he's telling them what they've done to Jesus Christ, but how God right. raised him from the dead. I mean, it was miraculous because he had been in prayer in English, or excuse me, how we say that in Hebrew or whatever his language is. Right. And then he had been in prayer in the Holy Ghost yeah. and he was ready to do what the Lord had him to do now. Yeah. I mean, if you even think of the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, there was still a power under the Old Covenant, under the law. The Bible tells us that, that there was a power, there was an anointing there. But once Jesus' blood was shed after he went to the cross and after the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we get access to this dunamis, this wonder-working power through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And while these men were operating under that Old Covenant, there was a power to it, there was a unity that was produced, but yet it wasn't the power that they needed. You know, Jesus said, you're gonna be my witness. And now all of a sudden, Peter stands up as a witness of the power and of the miraculous. You know, everybody in the city, as Michelle said, they were like, uh, who are these men? Are they drunk? It's nine o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. You know, and Peter, Peter who was, you know, had had so many opportunities in his life of going back and forth and compromise. And, you know, he was from one ditch to the other. Uh, but he all of a sudden now is standing up under the power, under that same spirit. And he's declaring that Jesus Christ is Lord. And what's so cool is he just, as Michelle said, just proves it through every Old Testament book of who Jesus was through the scriptures and brings everybody to present day. Wow, that's so good. And in the book of Acts, as you read about the baptism of the Holy Ghost in chapter two and what happens afterwards, you see over and over in Acts four and Acts six and Acts eight and Acts nine, they're continually having Amen. opportunities where they're praying and the Holy Ghost is moving or they're laying on hands on or just praying for someone to receive the Holy Ghost. They're continually praying. They continue steadfastly yeah. in prayer. It never goes away as it never important. stops. You know, we're going to take a quick break here and we're going to come back. But, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit hasn't passed away. The gifts of the Spirit haven't passed away. Um, the power that God has endued, endowed upon us to even pray and be more effective has not passed away. And we're going to get into that after this break. Hey, welcome back. We're just continuing talking about the power of prayer, specifically the praying through the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, where, the, where they were all gathered in one accord, they were in a prayer meeting. And they were all expectant and they were all in one place um, believing the same thing. And all of a sudden, uh, there came a sound from heaven of a, of a, a rushing mighty wind mm -hmm. and, and tongues of fire filled the room. It wasn't fire, but it was like fire. And uh, it filled that room. And each person, 120 people, they all begin to 
uh, pray and to speak in an unknown tongue. And it spilled out into the streets of Jerusalem that morning. And people were wondering, well, what, what happened to this group? And uh, oh, yeah. they all thought that maybe they were drunk. Because, mm. But it was nine o'clock in the morning. But what was happening was, is that since Jerusalem was such a melting pot, and this was a time where you had many, many, many people uh, that had come into Jerusalem for feast, that you had all of these different groups of people from different languages and and different regions, and each one of them were hearing these fishermen, yes. these unlearned, these uneducated, you know, men and women standing up and proclaiming the goodness of God in their own language. Hallelujah. I just think it's worth reading Acts 2.1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly they came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as Amen. of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's verses 1 through 3. That's and good. then what he's talking about is in verse Eight, the people said, and how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Mm. And list many languages they were speaking as each one was speaking a different language Amen. in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. What's so interesting is that, you know, before the baptism of the Holy Spirit, prayer was still and has always been a part of our relationship with the Father. It was, it's, was in the garden. It's in every book of the Bible. And it's God and it's us and it's us communing with God through prayer and through the Spirit. But I want you to notice that what the church looked like before the crucifixion, and now all of a sudden what the church looks like after the crucifixion. Before the crucifixion, they're all hiding in one room, in one accord. Everybody's inside. The doors are shut. The blinds are drawn. They've got people outside watching, you know, in case they're going to, you know, be taken captive or, or whatever. And they're just praying. And then all of a sudden, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you got Peter stepping out and preaching a sermon to 3,000 people and getting them all saved. Now, all of a sudden, the church wasn't born at that time, but the, but the power of the church, we, we went from inside to outside. God went from this church being something that was hidden and something that was away to something that was going to be a light and be on a lampstand for everyone. And there were times that they scattered because there was intense murderous persecution. Amen. But most of the time, they constantly would stand up even before magistrates and, and leaders and say, I cannot not preach in the name of Jesus yeah, because the prayer that they were praying on a regular basis, continually steadfast in prayer on a regular basis was empowering them by their own native language in prayer, but also by praying in the spirit continually. They were God confident with it. Actually, they were God conscious and God confident to go Amen. and do what he had told them to do. They were bold to witness and they were operating in the spirit. And so they were operating in the gifts of the spirit that we mentioned a few minutes ago in 1 Corinthians 12. They were operating in working of miracles. They were operating in gifts of healings. Amen. It was powerful and people were getting saved in the thousands. Amen. You know, what we're, what we're trying to, convey uh, tonight or today during the message is, is that, you know, God gave us power and we are not that Old Testament church uh, that's praying just in our understanding. And there's power in that type of prayer, but God has given us the greatest gift of the Holy Spirit to help us in our prayers. And uh, I want to read a verse that my pretty wife had written. Uh, it's in Jude uh, 20 and 21. It says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, 
keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy yes. of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And that that's really kind of where our power comes from. You know, when we're praying in the Holy Spirit um, and praying the way that God wants us to pray. We can tap into a power source that's beyond our normal fleshly limitations. Oh my gosh. And a great example is in 8, Acts 12, 5. James was killed by Herod and they put Peter in prison, but mm. prayer was made without ceasing. It says in Acts 12, 5, prayer was made without ceasing for him. And an angel came and opened up the gates and walked him right out of prison. And he went That's and knocked good. on their door. And even though they were praying without ceasing, they didn't even believe it was him at the door because he was supposed to be in prison. And he was in prison behind, you know, serious guards and, and armor. And there was no way that he was knocking on the door. But he was because they were praying in the Holy Spirit and without ceasing continually. And it was bringing forth great power, bringing yeah. angelic hosts to do miracles. That's awesome. And I know it's impossible because the Holy Spirit couldn't come until Jesus went to heaven. And uh, but what a what would have happened if those disciples could have been praying in other tongues in the garden, mm -hmm. you know, before Jesus was taken away to go through the crucifixion? Think about the power that they could have generated uh, to help Jesus, but also just to help them in the midst of everything that had happened. Mm. That's so powerful. I don't know if this really pertains to what you're saying, but I know that there was a word I used last week about prayer, but there's a different word for prayer and it's, um, I don't want to say it wrong, but I think you say it, deom ahi. And that's the word when we pray to ask the Lord of the harvest for laborers to be sent out. Mm -hmm. It's like a begging type of prayer. And in that, I just want to say, there's so much power in prayer Amen. that when we pray, for someone to be saved, sometimes we don't see results. If we just say, Lord, oh, save him, save him, because he's already done it. Amen. But when we pray according to the word or we pray in the Holy Ghost, the perfect will of God, Amen. we can see absolute miraculous things. And when we pray to the Lord of the harvest, interceding in that method of almost begging, saying, Lord, send forth laborers, yeah. we can see our loved ones saved. Mm. And that's what's most important here. That's Amen. one of the biggest reasons we pray is to see the whole world because it's God's will that none should perish, but all should have eternal life. It's his will that all men be saved, but they're not. Amen. Why? Because we have to pray and we have to go and preach the gospel. Amen. You know, I was reminded, uh, we read Miss Gloria Copeland's Faith to Faith this morning. And a lot of what she was talking about in today's um, message was that if, you know, um, if you're dealing with temptations in your body, you know, as Jesus said, that he wanted us to pray mm -hmm. because the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak and pray that you don't enter into temptation. You know, he's given us such a great helper in the Holy Spirit that if you are dealing with temptations in your body, if you're dealing with weaknesses, if you're dealing with trials, Whatever it is that you're dealing, God has given us this wonderful, beautiful gift of the Holy Spirit to empowerment. It's like the word, the Greek word dunamis. It's dynamite. It's power. It's exousia. It's, it's all wow. of these things that he's given us. And, and you can get a little picture of like this generator that's deep within inside of us. Mm. And when we begin to pray in other tongues uh, and we begin to direct those prayers in faith, we can produce a power that can actually bring our spirits back over our flesh. What was happening with the disciples in the garden was, is that, man, yeah, they knew they wanted to be there for Jesus. What an honor to even be included, to be asked to go pray with him. Their spirits were willing, but their flesh was weak. 
And a lot of times, um, you know, unfortunately, our flesh, it will dictate so much of our spiritual life with God. You know, I'll go to church, you know, well, I was too tired to go to church. I was too tired to pray. I was too hungry to fast. You know, we have all of these excuses as to why our flesh rules. But when we can spend quality time praying in the Holy Spirit and getting built up on our most holy faith, Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden our spirit takes ascendancy again. And I'm no longer ruled by what I, my five physical senses. I'm now being led by what the spirit of God says. And to tie together what I said before to make it make more sense to what he's saying is we can pray almost begging earnest prayers to the Lord and they have so much power. But when we walk around, and I'm not talking walk around out loud because you don't want to look like, you know, you've kind of lost your mind or something. But praying in the Holy Ghost, do it when you're driving in the car, do it when you're in the shower, do it when you're watering the grass, do it when you're just in the grocery store under your breath, you know, and you don't have to be strange to someone. Just pray in the Holy Ghost, pray without ceasing, pray all the time, pray whenever you can, because it is so empowering to cause your spirit to ascend, like he said, over your flesh, that you will continually walk in the spirit and do what's right because it's right and do it the right way, like Brother Copeland sometimes says. Mm. It will cause you to be able to easily make the right choice in so many situations where your flesh might be or has been screaming a different thing (laughs) than what the right choice is. Amen. Let's look at Romans chapter 8, verse 26. It says, likewise, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses. And that word weaknesses means shortcomings. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings. And groanings means inarticulate speech, Mm. which cannot be uttered. In other words, when we begin to pray in the Holy Spirit, a part of that empowering, a part of what happens is we begin to have what's called effectual intercession. Mm, And uh, that is so powerful when we begin to intercede. Uh, There are many times that I've prayed and it's it's when you're when you're beginning to pray in the spirit, it's like you're looking for a stream or a river in the spirit. And you're praying and you're praying over different things. And all of a sudden you'll get a direction from the Lord. And it's like you're starting in this canoe down this little stream with this little bit of a, of a, a current. But then all of a sudden, the more you pray, the bigger that river gets, the faster it begins to move. And, the, and you all of a sudden you find yourself in this big place in the spirit as you are praying these things out in the spirit. That's why it's so important though, is that when just because all they had in the Old Testament was praying in their understanding, we don't do away with praying mm. with our understanding. It's so good. All we're doing is we're praying with our understanding, but now we're adding the beautiful gift and the power of the Holy Spirit so that as I do both, now I'm gonna be more led in each direction. That is so good. and. And look at 27 and what he was just reading, verse 27 and 8, Romans 8. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Amen. So good. You know, there's a lot of, and I know we've talked about this a little bit, but, you know, I can pray, you know, if Michelle comes to me and and she's, says, honey, can you pray for me in this area? Sure, I can stop right then and I can say, okay, Michelle, let's agree and let's pray. But you know, if we pray for each other in the spirit, there might be more going on than meets the eye. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes a weakness isn't a weakness because I'm frail in an area. A weakness can be because I don't have enough information in that area. Therefore, I'm weak. And so when we learn to pray in the spirit over situations and praying in the spirit, 
then I am, and, and we've talked about this, but now I'm praying the stuff that I can't see. I'm praying the stuff that I don't know. You know, maybe the thing that she's asked me to pray for in the natural or, or I have asked her to pray for me in the natural isn't really the root of what I'm talking about wow. or what I need. And now all of a sudden, when we begin to pray in the spirit, now we're actually going to get to the root of what's really wow. happening in our life. You know, there's a story in Acts 10 about a man named Cornelius, and he gave much alms and prayed to God always. Amen. He prayed to God always, but he prayed to God in his native tongue. Yeah. And there's more when the Holy Spirit is interceding like this verse 27 in Acts uh, excuse me, Romans 8 says, according to the will of God. He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Hear what I'm about to say. Peter was sent to Cornelius. He prayed always. Why did he need Peter? Because he needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Right. He needed to be able to pray in the Holy Ghost so that he could have a way to pray in intercession according to the perfect will of God, the things we could have not ever yeah, known. So good. Amen. That's so amazing. You know, there's there's nowhere in the Bible that says you have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit in order to pray. I'm sure there are many people and maybe even somebody listening now and you've prayed your whole life and you've been effective in your prayer life just praying in your understanding Amen. because Amen. you are born again. You Amen. are praying, in, you know, literally you are praying in the Spirit because you are praying. But what the beautiful thing, see, Jesus, they went through so much to get the Holy Spirit to yes, us. That's good. I mean, yes. they really did. He went through so much to get us this gift. And uh, it's so vital. What, what an enhancement it can make when I can take that first, that spirit of prayer, bathe it in that gift of the Holy Spirit and praying in other tongues, and then begin to speak that out in faith and look just like Peter, look at how much more we mm -hmm. can do when we do it God's way and we do it through the spirit compared to what I can do limited by my own understanding. Right, because some people do ask, you know, why do I have to have the Holy Spirit? I'm gonna go to heaven, I'm, I'm born again, and you're Amen. correct, you're gonna go to heaven, and we could leave it at that. But then sometimes I wanna say, why not? Yeah. Don't you want all the more? And it's okay, you're right. And if you don't want it, I, I won't push that on you, but I'm still gonna pray for you because I want you to have the more. I want you to have the most of God. I want the Holy Spirit to be able to pray through you and do that verse and pray the perfect will of God for your life, the perfect will of God, not just the permissible, not just half of what we could figure out in our own understanding, the perfect will of God. Amen. Well, we're gonna end with this, and this is 1 Corinthians 14.8. And this is something that Paul said. He said, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. Praying in tongues is one of the most powerful tools God has given us mm. so that we can pray effectually. And uh, I don't wanna waste time in prayer. I don't wanna waste time in any area of my life. And so if God has gone through all that he did in order to get me this wonderful, powerful comforter, parakletos, the Bible calls him, the, the helper, the comforter, then why, don't, why would I not want to take advantage of that power when I pray? Praying in other tongues, you know, is wonderful. It's powerful. It's for everyone. Um, you're not a Pentecostal, then you pray in tongues. You know, yeah. tongues is not just for Pentecostals. I'm a Pentecostal because I pray in tongues. Amen. It's not the other way around. And uh, God did not limit it to denominations or anything like that at all. The only prerequisite for the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that you be born again. And so uh, we're gonna be back in uh, next week and we're gonna continue talking about this, but we don't ever want to end a broadcast without giving you an opportunity 
to accept or receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're not joining a church. You're not joining a cult. You're not, uh, you're not joining a religion. You're joining a family. And uh, God's original intent in a garden was he wanted a family. Mm. And he wants you to be a part of it. But he loves you so much that he can't make you join his family. Um, you have to ask. And so in the book of Romans, he says, if you'll believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord mm-hmm. and, uh, and confess, uh, I'm sorry, confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that he was rose from the dead. The Bible says, not me, not religion. The Bible says is that you shall be saved. And so we would love the opportunity to pray with you. Uh, to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It's very simple. Just say, Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I, love you. I love you. Please forgive me of my sins. Please forgive me of my sins. Please live inside my heart. Please live inside my heart. Clean me out. Clean me out. From the inside out. From the inside out. Heal my mind. Heal my mind. Deliver me from any addiction. Deliver me from any addiction. And all sickness. And all sickness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me a hunger for your word. Give me a hunger for your word. Guide me to a good church. Guide me to a good church. And be my best friend. And be my best friend. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. You know, it says in the word in Acts 2.21. And you know, it says in the word in Acts 2.21. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's good. If you prayed that for the first time, you are saved. Now go according to... 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, and pray without ceasing. Talk to God and ask the Lord for the Holy Spirit and He will give it to you as well. You know, it says in Acts 2, verses, just verse 39, for the promises to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. He's called you. He wants to give you all He has today. God bless you. Amen. We love you. We'll see you next week.